Welcome to Big Bird Christian's Sermon Audio. Join us as Pastor Rob shares with us on today's topic. Are you living out your purpose? And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. There, there's, there's an unsaid no there just in case. No. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. You know, he's, he's asking this rhetorical question. What, should I say, God, take me out? Don't, don't let me go through this? No. This is the reason I came. And that just jumped off the page at me and said, do I have that attitude myself? Do I have that attitude when something's difficult that I say, this is the reason I'm here? Is because you want to bring me through something and teach me? You want to use me to help somebody else grow? This is the reason that I'm here. But most of the time, I find myself, and I think most of us in here, if we'd be honest, are praying the prayer, God, help me. Take me out of this. I don't want to go through this. And Jesus is teaching us something different. Should I pray that way? No. This is why I'm here. This is what God wants to do in my life. What a profound statement. I read something recently um, about how to help kids grow, and it challenged me drastically. It's written by Sal Khan from Khan Academy. Some of you have heard of Khan Academy. It's, it's come up. It's, it's a teaching website. He started it to work with his nephew using YouTube videos to teach his nephew math. And, it, and, and it's now a huge um, resource, homeschooling parents, public school parents. KhanAcademy.com is going to help you teach your kids when they're struggling with math. I think somebody else was struggling with math recently. <laughs> um, so Khan Academy, so, so I, was re- I get these little emails from him because we're, we're using it to help our boys in their math. And this article that he wrote says, why I'll never tell my son he's smart. Talk about getting your attention. What? So I was very curious. And I, I, I've never read any of his little thing. I use his website. I don't read his little thing. He's not a Christian. He's just a, a great math guy. Why I'll never tell my kid he's smart. And he goes in and he, 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 ta- he unveils research that has been done that says basically that as we are telling our kids how wonderful they are, how smart they are, they settle into this pattern of going, I'm smart. I don't have to do anything else. Instead, it's a challenge to say things like, wow, you're really struggling in that. That means your brain is getting bigger and stronger. And, and, and it changes and that now the, the, when you, you give them those types of encouragements, he found his kid, and he hasn't even been doing this that long, but it's a, a product of a lot of research, not by him, by other um, psychologists and things. And see, his little kids are coming up to him, and they were doing this little reading example. And they got done, and he, and he messed up a lot of words. He says, Dad, did you see how I struggled through all those words? I could feel my brain getting bigger. And I think, wow, you know, and, and I've, I've talked in our family about struggling and failing. I, failing is really good. If you don't fail, you'll never learn. You don't really learn from getting it right. You let, learn more from getting it wrong. You know, if you drive somewhere and, and you do it all right, you've just gotten there, but you haven't really learned where the house is. But if you get lost and have to find your way, don't you know the city? You've actually learned something. You know, so, so sometimes I think we're taking the wrong approach and we're actually causing our children or adults to be where they're at rather than to 
grow, to challenge themselves. We're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be challenged. And that's hard. We, we, we tend to like the easy stuff. But sometimes we need to go through hardship. We tend to like the cruise ship. Amen? If I get to choose a hardship or a cruise ship, which one? You know, but, but where are we going to grow the most? Jesus said, for this very purpose, I've come. He, he knew what he was there for. He came for a purpose. So how does that apply to us? Christ came to accomplish God's plan. He came to do the hard thing. And what's hard? There's a lot of things that are, that are hard that, that's, that some have struggled through and worked out and some, some haven't. Getting good grades isn't easy for most. You struggle. You work. It's a hardship. Earning a degree. Becoming proficient at your trade or a talent or skill was playing guitar, drums, or or, or in, your, in your craftsman, it takes work. It's difficult. You have to press through a lot of failures. You know, I, I teach guitar. And, you know, I, I teach drums, but the guitar is a wonderful thing because um, I'm teaching Zach and he's picking it up. But I've, I say when I teach people guitar, only about two out of ten will last more than a month because they won't go through the hard part of getting calluses on their fingers. And they, can, they can't make a sound. And they give up. You know, if you want to succeed, you can't give up. You have to go through the hard things. Having a good marriage, that takes work. Truly helping people, truly helping people is hard. Not making them feel good, but actually doing something and helping them. You know, we often, too often, take the easy route, and we just make people feel good about themselves instead of really helping. And that's, that's harder. It's much easier just to say, you know, that's great, you're wonderful rather than saying, you know, I, I see you struggling, and I'd like to help you. Can I speak into your life? That's a difficult thing to do. Jesus said, for this purpose, I came to this hour. Well, that's good for him. He knew his purpose, but what about us? Well, I want to first start and say that we are supposed to be Christ-like. In, in, in the book of Acts, we were called Christians. Christians means little Christ. It was actually meant as a derogatory term. In the beginning, actually, it's becoming a derogatory term again, Christian. Okay, but Christian is little Christ. It's to be Christ-like. I want to read, I'm going to touch on a few scriptures. You can write these down. Ephesians chapter 6, 6 says, Obey them, not only to win their favor, talking about masters, when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. You know, he compares us in the Bible to like Christ, like slaves of Christ, like like soldiers of Christ. We're supposed to be like Christ. Endure hardships with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We're supposed to live our life like Christ. We're supposed to be little Christs walking around this earth showing what Jesus would do. Well, this scripture is really hard. John 12, 27 says that Jesus, one of his things he said was, I came to do the hard thing. I came to fulfill my purpose. So I can't pray, God, take me out of this hour. This is the reason I came. And so one of the, part of the journey of becoming like Christ is to change our attitude and say, Lord, I want to be willing to go through what you want me to go through 
to fulfill the purpose that you have for me. Now, we don't always know our purpose. The, the, the one thing, Jesus knew what his purpose was. For us, we don't know always know if we have one specific purpose. And actually, I would say I don't believe many people, very, very few people have a single purpose in this life. You know, Eric Little, the runner, you know, he, he, he might have been one of those. He says, you know, I just, this is what I was built for. I was built to run, and I glorify God when I run. Was that the only thing he did? I don't think so. He did other, other things too, but how do, we fu- how do we fulfill our purpose? We don't even necessarily know what our purpose is. Well, our purpose is, is to be Christ-like. We're supposed to be more than just believers. Now, I don't want to get lost on terms because there's a lot. Of, there's even people saying, you know, I don't like to call myself a Christian anymore because there's bad connotations with that. I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, if you're Christ-like, you have to follow Jesus too. So, I mean, you, we're going to get lost in terms, right? I mean, and so, so what we have to define what the term means and, and, and let that stand. It's the definition that's important. Now, a lot of people says, you know, I like the word believer. Well, there, there's a, some issues with the word believer. And one of them is found in John chapter 12, verse 42. Yeah, there's a problem with the word believer? Yeah. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. So, so the first is starting out really good. You know, all this stuff is happening. He says, but man, even some of the rulers were believing in Jesus. And you think this is going to end well. It's not going to end well. Because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So you can be a believer and still not stand up for Christ and be Christ-like and follow him. They wouldn't confess him because they feared being put out of the synagogue. And that was a big deal. That was a big deal to be put out of the synagogue. And they, they wanted the praise of men more than they wanted the praise of God. So believer is not, not enough because the Bible even says that the demons even believe. So so we can't just sit by and say, yeah, I believe. You know, I've met a lot of believers. They haven't been changed by Christ. They're not following Christ. They're not growing. And, and here in this church, our statement is out there, and it's something that we're just, we believe so strongly from the Lord is that we're supposed to just simply grow one step closer to Jesus. It's a wonderful understanding when you go, your job isn't to arrive tomorrow, but your job is to take a step. Grow closer to Jesus. Every one of us is able to do that. So how do we find our purpose? How do we know to be Christ-like? What do we what do? We do? Well, I, find, I believe the first things that we need to do is, is simply find it in, find in the Word. I, I want to read John chapter 12, 46 through 50, or at least talk about that You can if you're making notes, because I, I need to move. It says... If anyone hears, verse 47, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge. For I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. This, this passage is about how do we know anything? It's through the word, the word of God. That's how we know what our purpose is. That's how we know what we're supposed to do. We need to 
know his word. And you can't know his word until you read it, until you spend time with God. In that, it says, those who receive my word, you need to know it, but then you need to receive it. That means it needs to be yours. Remember hot potato? You didn't want to receive that. Hot potato, the whole object was to, 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 you had to touch it. It was coming to you and push it. You didn't even want to catch it. If, if you could grab it and just swing it back over to the next person, see, that's not receiving. In football, if you're a receiver, your job is to receive the ball, not to bat it away. Are you receiving the word of God? As the word of God is preached, do you say, yes, this word is for me. I receive it. I'm going to let it change and challenge my life. No longer just going, yeah, I read the Bible. Didn't do anything for me. That's because you never received it. So you need to begin to know the word. Then you need to begin to receive it and say, this is my word. And when you do that, it's begin, it begins to look at and examine you rather than you examining it. See, some people just want to examine the word. Oh, I, I like that part. Oh, and this proves this and this and this and this and this. And we need to stop doing that long enough to say, what is the word telling me about me? Instead of me telling other people about the word. Receive it. Let it become something that analyzes and looks into us. And I'm jumping ahead, but I'm going to do it quickly. In John chapter 15, it says that we need to abide in his word. So we need to know his word. We need to receive his word. and We need to stay there. I've watched believers. I've been saved long enough to, to have seen this happen. I see somebody receive the word and they begin to know the word, but they don't stay there. It's like they grab a little bit and then they move on and they never read it again. They don't do anything else. And they don't abide in it. What's really what's happening is they're living on something that happened in their life 15 or 20 years ago. It needs to be fresh. It needs to be consistent. You need to stay in the word and let the word continually wash over us and not just living back in the past. If any of you have kids or grandkids and saw the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, there's enough people seeing that for this one. In that movie, there's a little guy named Baby Brent. Oops. Right? He was a 20-something-year-old who was still wearing a diaper. Because when he was two, somebody thought he was cute, took a picture of him in a magazine for an for a advertisement for a company, and he was Baby Brent. And so what he did is he lived the rest of his life as Baby Brent because that's what defined him when he was young, and he liked the praise he got. And so he just stayed the same. Now you've got to go watch Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs. Don't let your Christianity be Baby Brent. Don't get saved and let something happen to you and live off the testimony from 15 years ago. God wants to do something fresh today. He wants to show you something fresh in the Word today. Abide in the Word. Be Christ-like. Abide in the Word. And as we do that, we're going to just begin to know the purpose that God has for us. He's going to speak to us through His Word. It starts in the Word. It gets unlocked in the Word. Another thing we need to do is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because that's where power happens for change of life. Is being changed by the Holy Spirit. We're not changed by a book. We're changed by the power of God because only the power of God can make the changes in our, in our lives that really make 
the difference. We can't change our own lives without his strength and his power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We need the power of God. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Salvation requires power of God to even transform us. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross, the gospel, Jesus' words to us are the power of God. I want to read 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through 10. This is in the ESV. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, in hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech. I'm going to stop there. That is a wonderful list of how God wants us to live and what our purpose is on this earth. And these things are going to happen. As, as, as sleepless nights and, and, and imprisonments and, and harshness, calamities happen, we live with purity and knowledge and patience and kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. Verse 7, the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. It's not always easy. But we make people rich. The power of God through patience and truthful speech. 2 Timothy 1, 8, 9, if you're taking notes, says this, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. How do you live out this Christian life? How do you live your testimony? By the power of God. How do you know what the will of God is for our life through the word and through his power, we'll be able to know his purpose for us. He's called us to, in verse 36 of John chapter 12, he says, believe in the light and you'll become sons of light. You know, Christ's call to us is, constantly be like Christ I'm the light be a son of light be like me and I can't do it outside of him see I can't be like Christ without Christ I can't be like him without the power of God because the requests are impossible to meet but in Christ with his Holy Spirit living inside of me can give me the power to be like him. I think I just have to turn on the switch. Because I'm saved. Christ came into my life, and the Holy Spirit, when I got saved, came into my life. But yet I don't always walk in that power. And I believe it's, it's because of me. 
I'm not allowing it. We have to turn on the switch. We have to let the power of God be displayed in our life to be a light and find our purpose. That means that when the adversity comes, we need to say, God, not my will, but yours be done. How do you want me to handle this adversity? Rather than always saying, God, take me out of it. Your life, my life, is to be a light. To be like Christ. Our purpose is to glorify and honor Him. Did we catch that in 2 Timothy? It said, verse 9, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace which He gave us in Christ Jesus. Our purpose is found in Him. Our purpose is found in living for Him and in Him. To be a light. To walk as Jesus did. Which means for you and me, all it is is what's the next step? What's the next step for you that's going to be towards Christ? One step closer to Jesus. The steps you took this week, were they leading you away from Him or toward Him? You know what's great? Is, is that's between you and God. Now, there might be people in your life who can help you and help to point out that, that Jesus is over there and you're going over there. I want to help you. We can do that in love, not in judgment. Jesus didn't even come to judge. He says, well, I didn't come to judge. I came to save. But don't worry. The word will judge you at the end. See, see the world just wants to say, don't judge. There is no judgment. No, we don't need to judge. The word, the word of God will be the judge at the end. We don't have to judge, but we can help. We don't condemn, but we help people to grow towards Jesus. And when we know that they're not doing well and they've made a profession of Christ, then it's okay to come and say, you know, I'd like to help you grow closer. But what's your step this week? What's God stirring in you? What's he convicting you of? What's he telling you that he says, I'd like, I want you to do this. I want to deal with this in your life. Let me, or I want you to spend a little bit more time in worship or in prayer and reading the word. I want you to work at being more loving. I want you to think before you speak. In him, you can do it. Outside of him, you can't. It's impossible. It's impossible to please him unless you're in him. In just a minute, we're going to have the Guatemala team come up, and if Shannon wants to go get Madeline from next door. And, but we're going to pray, and then we're going to pray for the Guatemala team. What's your next step? It's between you and the Lord. Are you ready to take that? He, he has great things for you. He has great things for us. Inside of him is life and godliness. He says that he's given us everything for life and godliness. I've come that you might have life and life abundant. And those things are found along the path of growing one step closer to Jesus, becoming like him. Father, in John chapter 12, verse 29, you just blow me out of the water. When you said, I've come for this purpose. God, I pray that you would help us, each and every one of us in this room, to know what, that, what our purpose is. God, and to 
to, to live like you, to walk in you. Think of the passage that I, where you said, I have shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Father, we desire and we need to walk humbly with you. My prayer is that each and every one of us this day would know what step that you're calling us to take to draw closer to you. That means away from the world and towards you, away from the things that are pulling us away. Help us to know that and then give us strength. Fill us with your power to make these things happen in our life because we can't do it outside of you. But Father, we need to be willing to go in the direction you're calling us. Father, I thank you for those that are willing and have stepped up to do the, the step for them that they have felt you call and to go to Guatemala. I'm going to ask that, that those who are going to Guatemala just go ahead and come forward. You know. Amen. Go ahead and show up that, that other picture. They're joining us also. And so this is the Noble family behind us. They go to Calvary Chapel, and they're part of the homeschool net group. And so we've been friends with them. And, and look at us, look at us, us motley crew. You know, we've been, we've been planning and praying and talking for a long time, but um, we're going to share. When we get back, we're going to share about uh, what happened, even probably why we went. But, you know, a, a lot of people saying we just felt like God was asking us to go and, and, and go, go on something fresh and do something the next step and be open to missions and have our heart changed. And so we're going to ask just whoever wants to come and, and pray for the team. Again, we're going to be gone from Thursday night. We leave here, Big Bear, at about 6.30 p.m., 6.37, we're going to be landing in Guatemala at, uh, at 6.20 a.m., so we fly all night, and we'll be there for eight days, and we'll be flying back on Saturday the 18th, and we'll be arriving in LAX right around noon. And so we're asking for prayer for that whole time. For, you know, this is, this is, we're not just asking for prayer of protection, because I think all of us would say, yeah, we want to be protected, but we want to be in the will of God. You know, and immediately, because we're going to a third world country that's a little dangerous, Right, right there, we're stepping into a place that we're saying, okay, God, use us. Because it, it can be dangerous. And, and I can't, I, I don't know if I should speak for everyone, but I think that that's the heart cry of, Lord, you know, we care more about the kingdom of God um, than our, our, our feelings and our safety. Um, if you, and my prayer personally is, and I can leave the team out, and they can excuse themselves from this part, is, Lord, if you need me to be in a dangerous situation to get the gospel preached or to do something, then I need to be willing to do it. Amen. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. We're going to be uh, primarily working with the Jeremiah Project with Jose and Nancy. So we'll be working with kids where they're doing a v- we're doing a VBS all week, every day, all through the week, Monday through Friday. We'll be doing home visitations to about 25 different families. 25, is that right? 10. 10 families. 10 families. I'm going, that's too many. 10 families. We'll be doing some building projects. And, uh, and then whatever else they have for us. But that's probably, you know, a decent schedule right there. VBS, home visits, 
uh, praying for the kids, and then doing a uh, construction project. Um, also, Pat is not here this morning, and um, which is a shame, but I did not. Uh, so Pat Doldo, he is also coming on the trip, and so be praying for them. But um, just come and, and pray. We're going to lead a song. We're just, uh, come and pray over the team that's going, and uh, however you feel led to pray. Um, in the spirit, it's fine, and uh, we'll close the service after that. We'll keep this running. Is it running still? Great. All right, so just people just come forward, and, and let's, let's gather around the team. It's hard for me because I'm part of the team. So gather around us as a team, and I'm going to hand this off over here. And there you go. Father, we thank you that hands were made for blessing and for giving and for accepting things. And when you told us to lay hands on others uh, for various reasons, and this morning we do so and ask for an impartation of grace and strength, health and life, vision and expanding uh, thought in their heart and their spirit, man, as they go to serve you. Lord, I pray for an increase in each one of them. Uh, let your anointing rest upon them uh, from the beginning to the end of their journey and continue after. Lord, that that anointing on them will break every yoke of bondage, that it will cause them to increase in such ways that they will be able to testify that it was only you that made things happen for them and in them and through them. We thank you for the hands on the other end that will receive them in homes and ministry, Josue and Nancy, Lemus, and God, that you will give them also great uh, insight on how to best apply the team in every situation to increase your kingdom in Guatemala. Thank you for their, their faithfulness this morning. And these, Father, I pray that you will give them also a heart of freedom, uh, that there wouldn't be a, an overarching concern about how well I can do something or, or how capable I am of being in this place, but rather, uh, Lord, that you'll give them grace to understand the dependency that they have to have on you and the complete reliance on the strength of the Holy Spirit moving in and through them in Jesus' name. Touch them deep within their souls to the depths of their souls, that your spirit would become alive and living through them. We pray that the mouth of babes Real words will come out the mouth of babes. No, no, no hindrance between the oldest, middle, and youngest. But Father God, we know that you are the great creator of all, and you speak through them, and they're willing vessels to be emptied and filled up to do your will. We pray that for protection. But Father God, more so, we pray that your word, your love, and your power through your Holy Spirit will be made known to each and every individual that comes through their path and by their path. Father, use them, protect them, guide them, strengthen them, encourage them in their weakness. And your word just says, in our weakness we will become strong. And through you alone, Lord, they can only do this through you. So use them, and may they be the salt of the earth, but Father God, the light of the earth. May, they, may they, those who see them see your love through their eyes, for the eyes are the windows of their soul. You know your people by your love. May they know that these are your people you have chosen to come and show your love in Jesus' name. Amen. I just 
I just really pray that, especially the little guys, Lord, I see all these kids going up up over there, Lord, and Lord, I just pray that um, even the uh, kids could just have really cool moments, Lord. I mean, I remember being a kid and going on a missions trip, and sometimes it was just playing with the other kids, Lord, and that drew families into churches that they never went to, and it was weird things like that, Lord. I just pray for cool moments, Lord. Lord, I pray for, like, you know, Lord, I, I know that there's probably a lot of things on the plans, Lord, but, Lord, I, I know you like to do fun things out of the plans. Lord, I mean, you like to, like, whenever they're like, okay, well, we're in Guatemala, we'll bring something back, and they're talking to a little vendor guy, and then they just have a great conversation with him, Lord. I mean, Lord, there's a lot of cool things that you do. Lord, I pray that they would have cool stories and miracles, Lord. And I pray that, as Rob was uh, speaking about uh, praying for miracles there, Lord, um, here, Lord, that they would just be re- reminded you do fun, cool stuff. Lord, I pray that you would just remind them about that, Lord, as they're over there. And that just fun little things would happen, Lord, that they would be encouraged in their own walk in this whole thing. But, Lord, also that, that they would actually have a fruitful impact while they are over there. Lord, I very much pray for the kids, Lord. I pray that they just have an awesome time and that they feel used in your hands, Lord. Because there is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit, Lord. <laughs> they got the same one as Pastor Rob does, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you would just do mighty things. And I ask this in your son, Jesus' name. everywhere they go, that the glory of God will shine down, signs and miracles, and just whatever God has planned for this, it will come to place. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We know, Lord, that uh, when they go believing that they are to serve those in Guatemala, that instead, their lives will be changed. Each and every person who is on this trip will have a life-changing
Father, down there, Father, and even in preparing, Lord, that you would just silence those in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, I ask that they, when they go down there, that they would, um, that they would be able to pay attention, God. They would pay attention to what you have in store for them, Father. You would pay that they wouldn't just, um, they wouldn't be so focused on, okay, well, this is we got, we have to stick to the schedule, Lord. But that uh, you would say this is that they would stick with your schedule, God. Lord, we wouldn't become distracted with the plans we made, God, but with it, we would, would focus on the plans that you have for, for this team, Lord. Father God, I ask for your Holy Spirit to just anoint each member of this team, Lord, that just the even um, that things would happen even in the days of Paul, when Paul would pass by people, and, and even people who touched the handkerchiefs he used, God, were healed, God. Lord, I would just ask for miracles like that, just bizarre miracles that haven't even been heard of before, Lord, that you would, they would go down there and they would do things that they never expected that they just didn't even know would happen, God. Lord, that you would use each member of this team in a mighty and a powerful way, Father. Lord, thank you for your anointing and the outpouring of your spirit. And Lord, I just ask that uh, this is not, um, when they come back from Guatemala, they don't feel like, um, oh, that was such a great time and that it's over, God, but that it would, it's the first step of a new phase, Father, and a new era in their lives, God, and that it would lead to even greater and more powerful things, Lord, and that they wouldn't come back and go back to the normal routine, God, and fall back backwards, Lord, but that they would continue to uh, grow in, with you, God. Thank you so much for each member of this team, Lord, and just pray for your blessing on this team. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Be also praying for the, those that we leave behind. We're leaving Matthew and Samuel here. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it's worse. Matthew will be home alone. We'll be praying for those, and, and uh, you know, Gray, Gray will be at home and their their kids. So, be praying for all these great things. Um, so, so as we as we dismiss here, Corey's got tickets for father daughter tea. My mom will be helping find the little sheet right there for for pictures. And if you need work done by the youth. That's also out on that green table. Blessings to you. We actually have a, a baby shower in here, so we're going to be starting to shovel some chairs around and things like that. And uh, so, so excuse us as we move tables and chairs. And bless you. Greet one another. There might still be snacks out there. I don't know. Me Megan, did you eat them all? Okay, well, if you see a little kid, just knock them out of the way so you can get something. Amen. <laughs>